Hey, welcome to episode 6 of Voices of Hastings, our last amble around of 2021. Now, seeing as we're all out of the festive traps so early this year, I really wanted this to be an all bells and whistles Christmas episode. However, I got a bit distracted by rugby of all things. I know. More of that later. Now, in episode one, I did warn you that there might be some building work noises. And believe me, you're going to hear that today. But no bother to Pete, one of today's guests. He battles on regardless. And Pete, it's your fault I got distracted. Anyway, let's kick things off with a visit to the big fella himself. Please join me, your host, Deirdre O'Connell, as I pop down to Hastings Priory Shopping Centre at the beginning of December to check out the main man himself. Sorry, what's that? No, no, he's not a jobbing actor. Who said that? No, he was Santa. So I'm standing here with Father Santa. Hey, yeah, Father listen. Christmas, that's me, Santa Claus. You can call me Santa. Ho, ho, ho. And listen, Santa, uh, what's the story this year? Are things a bit tricky? Uh, things have been a bit tricky, what with Suez and uh, various things. But we're doing our best to get everything we can to those children who have been nice. And that's why we're here with our elf on and he tells us the children have been naughty or nice. We've got an elf-powered assessor. There's a Professor Elf who uh, we scan them by bike and it tells us if children have been naughty or nice and then we give them a little chocolate and they have a photo with Santa. Fantastic. Welcome. So happy Christmas to everyone in Hastings. (laughs) These are the voices of Hastings. Thank you very much, Santa. Ah, yes, the Suez debacle. Poor Santa. I wonder what his uh, Elf Professor would make of Pete. Let's say a quick hello to Pete and ask him, what does Christmas mean to you? My mother was here now. She'd rip your head off for calling me Pete, all right? Is that right? Yeah. She called you the proper... Peter. <clears throat> biblical Peter. name. Yes. I was named after St Peter. Of course you were. Right. So how are you doing? I'm brilliant. Doing really well. Nearly have Christmas upon us. Yeah. I want to ask you, what does Christmas mean to you, Pete? Family. That is what Christmas means to me. And not only my immediate family, but my extended family of rugby and my family of work and my family. Yeah. Just time for celebration. It's in the dullest, most dismal, dreary time of the year, isn't it? I love Christmas. Do you? Ah, oh, absolutely. I, do. And you, like me, are a fellow December baby. Yes, yes. So I love it even more because my birthday's in the same month. Mm. And you, like me, have an Irish uh, connection. Oh, yeah. So I've got a big family and four of us are, have December birthdays. And now two of the next generation, like my great nieces and nephew, mm-hmm. they're also born in December. Oh, <laughs> so, so I love all of that. Yeah. I love all yeah. of that. Yeah. So I think Paul at Harborough Nursery's Christmas tree um, field agrees with us. It is a family thing. 
Come on, let's head over there now. Adam, can we see? Now, there's somebody cutting down. That's Paul That's cutting Paul. down a tree yes. there. Very good. Busy at work while you're standing chatting. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> as it should be. Come on, Paul, what were you saying? Just saying that it's a, um, a joyous thing, people coming out, families and choosing a tree, and people are generally happy. It's not like they're going out and spending 500 quid on a washing machine that they don't want to be spending, buying something that's nice and, um, yeah, to choose it. It's normally the kids that, are, you know, pick the one they want and... I think yeah, it's lovely. It's a great, it's a great, it's a good thing. As I was saying to Pete, growing up in a big Irish family, we'd have this annual Christmas conversation about whether or not to have a real Christmas tree before my mother would eventually charge my big brother Michael to get up into the attic and bring the artificial tree down. Uh, I think it was hoovering up the pine needles that, that really got to her. Anyway, this year, I was very keen to have a real Christmas tree myself. So, back to Harbour and Nurseries. Adam. We're here at Harbour and Nurseries. Harbour and Nurseries, yes. And you are busy. We are, yes. Uh, busiest time of the year, obviously. Um, and we're selling up to 100 trees a weekend and lots through the week. It's, it's a fantastic place, yeah. And, and the beauty of the, of the Pick Your Own system is, uh, is you, can, you can come out and see what it looks like stood up. So yeah. I came last weekend and I picked one. I put my name on it. Fantastic. And now I'm coming to to collect it. Yep. So sometimes, oh, mostly you cut them. Mostly we cut them, yes. But there are um, about a 20%... Awkward customers. Awkward customers. <laughs> I was one of those awkward 20%. Yep, I wanted my tree dug up so I could, as Adam says, grow on the tree. No, and it's a fantastic way, I mean, to, to grow on the tree. When will you start replanting or what's We generally the story? replant in the spring yeah. and basically we'll replenish whatever we've taken out. So it's a very sustainable business that, and, that we have. And how long would it take a, a tree to grow? Generally speaking, a, around a foot a year. Oh, um, OK. So they're coming as, as, as uh, young saplings at around two years old. And then we plant them at, at two years old, and then they obviously grow. This one here it must be about it's a about big one. Sixteen foot. What? Oh my God! Oh, and will somebody come and buy that? Yeah, lots of pubs, hotels, restaurants, oh. um, people with huge living rooms. And it's like a what is it? A ten or a foot or something? It, the, uh, the two so the two different varieties, the Nordman, oh, which okay. are the uh, lower needle drop variety, are ten pounds a foot. The traditional Norway spruces are eight pounds a foot. Okay, yeah. I'm a voiceover and I'm doing a, a children's story. I'm recording one tomorrow about a Norwegian Fantastic. spruce. Oh, <laughs> and he <brilliant>. talks. <laughs> yeah, it was excellent, Adam. And obviously the Norwegian spruce could talk. And he had a name, Russell. He was brilliantly created by the writer Jane Kirkham for Tony's. And Russell, the talking Norwegian Christmas tree, personally knew Santa. He was also mad keen to be recycled, was Russell. Well, uh, yeah, to recycle the trees, do you, are you involved in that? We are not personally, but no. there are companies around. Um, I know some of the bigger zoos in the, in the region. Bigger zoos? Yeah, so like down at Howlett's and Port Lim in Kent. Um, they, they take in Christmas trees to use for putting in the animal pens. And, oh, brilliant. And so, yeah, or you can just compost it down in your, in your own garden. Yeah. Now, Adam, going back to my late mother, Kathleen, sell her the advantages of a real Christmas tree. 
You must love Christmas. Oh, it's a fantastic time of the year, and uh, yeah, to to be in the Christmas spirit and everything is is brilliant. Now, give me the advantages of a real tree over the artificial tree. So. The first benefit I would say is the smell. Um, you, you won't get that from your artificial tree no matter how good it looks. Um, you can recycle your tree yeah. after, it's, um, after it's been used and be rest assured that a new tree will be planted in the spring in its place. That's brilliant. Yeah, so, isn't and, it? and a younger tree will do more for the environment than what an older tree will. Brilliant. We're going to leave Paul and Adam of Harbour Nurseries now and talking trees, of course. And get back to Pete. Or Peter. Crikey, I don't want his mum to rip me head off. Here's where I get a bit distracted. You and I went to a, a Christmas do, a charity do. A charity do, last <clears throat> last week on Brighton Pier. Yeah. yeah, and it was, I really enjoyed it. Good. Well, Did... that's the idea of it. It's an annual event. Oh, it's every year? Yeah. For about the last ten years we've had it. We, we sell out... Every year, um, it is the charity is called the Wooden Spoon, which is the children's charity of rugby. Okay. And it's um, it was formed in 1983 when Ireland beat England, and England got the wooden spoon, came bottom of the Five Nations. Oh, can I just ask you? But is that 1983? Um, I think it's 1983. About- and was that the last time England got bottom of the five nations? Yes. Oh, yes. The only time England <laughs> were bottom of the five nations. Oh, so that is the connection yes. with the wooden spoon. Yeah. Yeah, the wooden spoon goes, goes to the losers. Okay. And a group of um, English supporters were so disgusted and <laughs> disappointed and everything. And they thought, well, we're going to recognise this event in some way. So they put on a uh, a charity golf day. Right. And raised money. And then they didn't know what to do with it. And they raised a lot more money than they ever thought they would. Okay. And so they decided that they would give it to charity. And they looked around and there wasn't really. So they, and at the same time, the Lord's Taverners at Cricket was very big. And so they got the brainwave of forming the wooden spoon. And to compare it with the Lord's Taverners for cricket is the way forward, really. So um, the Lord's, just so for people who don't know, explain. The Lord's Taverners is a very famous fundraising uh, organisation through cricket at Lord's Cricket Ground in London. And the tavern... The tavern end is where they all stand and drink all day and <laughs> have good laughs and everything. And as you oh. know, rugby is a game that involves drinking all day and having a good laugh. And so, and they raise money. How would I know that? <laughs> so the wooden spoon, it's a national... It's, it's a- in the five nations. And it's a national charity, though. Yes. So yeah. it's all over Great yeah. Britain. Yeah. And, and, and it's done in regions, and each county is a region. So East Sussex has its... Oh, well, Sussex. Sussex. Sussex has, okay. as a region. And all the money raised in Sussex is spent in Sussex. And also, every pound that we raise in Sussex is matched by headquarters. 
So one pound becomes two. So a thousand becomes two thousand and so on. Okay, brilliant. And we we have here in Sussex, we've been in existence for 12 years and we have raised and spent getting on towards three quarters of a million. That is fantastic. On disadvantaged children. Okay. Throughout Sussex. And they, the children have all sorts of difficulties and problems and disabilities and socially disadvantaged children and uh, behaviour and everything. Yeah. The, the, the form of special needs. You know. Okay, that's... Special needs. So the type of thing we do is we make sensory room, build sensory yeah. rooms. We build workshops for training carpentry and pottery and all that sort of thing. We buy special apparatus for helping children with severe disability walk. What else? I'm just getting my little dog up. He wants to join the conversation. And Uh, and that's the sort of thing we do. We don't pay salaries for staff. Okay. And uh, minibuses. We've done done a few minibuses as well. So this is like obviously an a year round commitment. Oh, yes, yes. To... We we have other fundraising events. Okay. We have a, a day of cricket mm. where we go to Sussex Cricket Ground and we have lunch and um, watch cricket and we have a speaker and and a comedian and that. And that raises a lot of money. We have a... And, and what we went to was then a Christmas dinner. A, a Christmas event, yes. A Christmas event. And so... we, we've always had fish and chips because you get too much turkey at this time of the year. <laughs> too many roast dinners. So the fish and chips was the highlight uh, of the... Uh, well, one of the highlights one of the, of highlights, the Brighton yeah. uh, Christmas charity do. Yeah. So it was in Brighton... Yeah, and it was my first time ever on Brighton Pier. Really, I'm ashamed to say. Yes, well, it's worth Brighton Pier is worth a day. It's worth a day, is right. It, yeah. it was brilliant. See there, it, within that immediate catch, because there's the big wheel, and there's the aquarium, and the uh, and the pier activities itself. Yeah. You know, you could spend a couple of hours there. You could the certainly spend a couple of hours on the pier. Uh, yeah. y- there's yeah. loads of entertainment. Yeah. And what was really fabulous was the weather was just, how would you yeah. describe the inclement well, or just wild? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like wild Irish weather. <laughs> Never mind the south of England. It, 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 was, it was good. Well, it's... It, English Christmas weather. Oh, it was just because it made the whole thing so dramatic. Yes, I mean, and the winds howling and all the pictures we see of snow are bollocks, aren't they? (laughs) That's not that's not Christmas in England. Christmas in England is damp, wind, dark, miserable. Yeah, Yeah. damp, damp, damp. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you mentioned there for the cricket you had a comedian or a speaker. We also had a comedian yeah. who I thought was very funny. Yes, he's, oh, he's a very funny man. We've had him a couple of times before at right. various events. And he's a local Hastings. He's, he's Adger Brown from Hastings. What's his name? Adger Brown. A-D-G-E-R. Okay. I, I don't know if that is his name or whatever, but... And he is a funny man. He. So that was funny that... 
he started off by saying that he was on the train with us. Yeah. It's so local, isn't it? Yes, yes. He was sat on the train, eavesdropping on us as we were chuntering our way from Hastings to Brighton, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, and I he, thought that was hilarious. He called me a young lady. <laughs> Not far wrong there, is he? So rugby, what is the Hastings team like? Are they any good? The, the Hastings team is called Hastings and Bexhill. Okay, right. And we have been, as Hastings and Bexhill, we've been in existence for 98 years. Bloody hell. And we play a good level of rugby. We are second in our league now. We have, but we are totally, 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 totally amateur. We don't pay any players. Or no. We pay... Travelling expenses for someone who will come to us from a long way away. Most of our players start in the under-sevens, Kings and Bexhill, and come through and play in the first team. So there... And we are a family club. That's what I was just going to say. There must be great camaraderie. Even in, in our... In the first team that played last Saturday was a father and two sons playing. Wow. On the same team? Yeah, in the same team, yeah. We have a nice clubhouse at William Parker School. Yeah, here in Hastings, or St. Leonard's? In, here in Hastings, okay, yes. Yeah. And we've been there since 19, 1995, Parker School. Uh, before that, we played at Bexhill. Mm-hmm. We had a clubhouse there in the Pole Grove. Anyway, now listen, I'm because at the charity do in Brighton... Um, yeah. There were, were there many women? <laughs> there, there was, was a woman a... on every table. Oh, wow, that's something. <laughs> yeah, so my question is, how female-friendly do you think rugby is? Is there a women's team? Yes, it... we have a women's and girls' team. Okay, so you've we both. Have a girls' team and a women's team at Hastings and Bechtel. That's the girls and boys play together until they are 12. And then they, the girls split off and the boys continue on. Um, what do you mean the girls split off? Split off into their own group. And continue. And continue. Right. And, but they are playing from the age of 12 to 16 together. The girls? Yeah. And then, and the, then bo- the women okay. play the, from 16, Six. 17 upwards. Within Sussex, there are um, probably 15 women's teams. Um, brilliant, but we we do as much as we can to enable them. We've had girls' team. Uh, we've always had a girls' team. We've had women's teams on and off since 1995 when we moved over. Women's rugby was coming through. Um, it is difficult for women with children and family commitment and... Not so difficult from blokes, though. Well, the different... (laughs) In your experience. The difficulty, one of the difficulties is because the the clubs are all a long way apart, there's an awful lot of travelling for one-and-a-half-hour games. Whereas for the men, the clubs are much closer. Very often what happens is the girls from 
we've got girls from Eastbourne that come to play at Hastings because Eastbourne doesn't have doesn't one. Have. Oh, okay. And there's girls yeah. from um, yeah. Hellinglie and Rye, so they're coming from a big area anyway, and then to play and then to travel. A long way. I get you. So there's less female teams, yes. so they have to travel, travel further, a lot, and that lot further, complicates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a shame, it isn't is a it? Shame, yes, and, and no matter how hard you try, it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, it's to difficult. to solve yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But oh. we do everything as a club, as a club management. We do everything we can to help them and enable them. Because I think it's brilliant to have both. Yeah, and women's rugby is coming to the fore on the television. It's regularly on the television now, and it's uh, there are international games and World Cups, etc. Yeah. So and we uh, want to see some Hastings uh, girls, women. Well, we've had on the telly. We've had Hastings girls who've gone on to play at bigger clubs. We've never had a Hastings girl. But we've never had a Hastings man either become an international. Okay, all right. But we've had Hastings uh, girls go on to play for bigger clubs. That's really interesting. Um, I just forgot to, to mention another highlight of the Brighton Christmas charity do was the murmuration. The, the starlings. The starlings. I wonder how many of them there are. Thousands and thousands. And that happens every day? Every day. It will even happen on a grotty day like this. At about through mid-afternoon? Just before it gets dark. It's just just phenomenal. Yes. And they roost under the pier. Right. I think it's quite a famous thing because there were photographers there on that day. Oh, were there? Yeah, if you notice, they're out there with people, um, bird watchers with... Camera things. You know. I mean, they must uh, rock up every day and take photographs, and eventually, you get a good one, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, like David Attenborough, he doesn't get all those wonderful <laughs> shots in one go. I can assure you. you know. But somebody then said to me that, "Oh yes, there's a murmuration on Hastings Pier at Hastings yes, Pier." Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's a very small one. A much smaller one. Much smaller one. Brighton is famous for it. And, and Brighton Pier is much more established because Hastings Pier was virtually burned down. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 15 years ago, wasn't it? And it was just a dump for ages. And it's been open for, what, five or six years now. What do you make to Hastings Pier? On one hand, I think Hastings Pier is wonderful because it's such a great big open space it just needs the management. When the pier first opened, it was going to be uh, an open-air display entertainment area and they were going to have music and films and um, theatre and, and, and everything there. Uh, in fairness, they do have some films. They do. I'd in love fairness, they've tried all of those things and... What actually happened was they invested a lot of money in about year two, they invested. Because when it opened, they had Madness and the Happy Mondays mm. and, and entertainment like that. And that was good and very well attended. Now, in year two, they invested a lot of money in some sort of 
outdoor entertainment and it was it fell on the most dreadful weekend of and and they lost right. a lot a lot of money a lot more money than they could afford to lose mm. if it had been a lovely weekend it would have been squillions would have come in and it would have, everybody would have thought how wonderful it was but we're held yeah. ransom by the yeah my younger son worked on the pier as a as sous chef when it for when the pavilion first opened there and they were the only part of the pier that made any money for the mm. 18 months that he was there. But there's, there's difficulties with the management of Hastings Pier because it's a committee. And everybody has got to have their Say. two pennies, haven't they? You know, um, it it just... is very difficult to make money. and And also when it opened... On one hand, it got great press, and on the other hand, it got terrible press. And people were very disappointed because there was no amusement arcade and no big wheel and things like the traditional pier things. And big restaurants like we were in. Yes, yes. Um, That restaurant on Hastings Pier takes 60 people, which isn't enough. Yeah. No. I mean, how many were at the charity do? About 150? 150, yes. Yeah. 150. Yeah. And more could have possibly. Yes. Um, We've had over 200 in Mm. the past. Mm. It was just a lovely environment. Yes. It was was bright. It was all the windows. Yes. Yeah, that's how you see the murmuration. Exactly. And and the sea and... But, um, no, it seems a shame about Hastings Pier. It is a shame, but... The man who owns it now... Is this the, the ma- Eastbourne yeah. guy? Yes, the same man who owns Eastbourne Pier. He has got good ideas. First problem with Hastings Pier is it's in the wrong place, isn't it? I don't know, is it? Yeah. What do you it, mean by it that? It should be part of the old town. Oh, well, further if down. It, yeah, if yeah. it was part of the old town, if it was to the east of the Carlisle, it would do a lot better for trippers. And because the old town is where everyone goes, isn't mm. it? The, the holiday, day trippers, holiday makers, and that, they're there. It probably costs an absolute fortune to run. Hmm. I think we need a funny story to finish on. Pete, give us a funny Christmas story. Anyway, thank you for that. Now, you're going to tell me... How are we going to segue this funny story in? Well, I'll tell you about my work. Okay. In this my... is a Christmas connection. Yes. Go on. In, in, I worked as a drama and PE teacher in all these special needs schools around Sussex. And apart from five years in Uganda, right, where I did the same, I worked with special needs children in residential situations and sport and drama and entertainment and music were very big parts I bet. of our lives in those schools. I bet. And I was working in a school in Hastings that no longer exists, St Vincent's. Okay. Which was a school for very, very disturbed and very, very damaged girls. And we used to do an awful lot of music and uh, 
drama and singing and dancing and together. And there would be, we'd put on regular productions of um, musicals, but we adapted for 45 minutes performance. So things like Cats and My Fair Lady and The Pirates of Penzance and Scrooge and... Um, Brilliant. All sorts of things like that. And for all girls. For all girls. <laughs> okay. So, one year, uh, we put on a, a play, a Christmas play, The Nativity, intermingled with carol singing and music going through. And the parish priest, Father Martin, he came. He said, <laughs> and he was from Ireland as well. Of course. <laughs> and he, he said to me, oh, Peter, that's marvellous. He said... What a, what a thing you've done here, young man, you know. And, and he said, can you bring it to the uh, church on Friday night? To perform. To perform for the... the congregation. For the congregation, for the parish. Mm -hmm. And this was at, um, St Mary's Star of the Sea. I love that church. Right? Yeah. So there we were. And St Thomas of Canterbury as well, so there was all these churches, right? So anyway, there we were, and the third wise man became ill. Okay. So The third wise man who was really a woman. Who was really a girl, yeah. became ill. And she was the one, you know, the first wise man brings gold, the second wise man brings uh, myrrh, Mar and the third wise man brings frankincense. Anyway, so... We had some spare shepherds. So we'd had the play in the school and it was really successful. We moved to St Mary's Star of the Sea. It was really successful. The next two days later, we were on St Thomas of Canterbury. There we were. And the church was rammed. <laughs> Christmas? Yeah. It was the Sunday before Christmas. The girls were all going home on the Monday to be with their families and everything. And anyway, the third wise man, she was ill. How old was she? About oh, 14? About 13, 13. 14 years. So there we were. So I thought on my feet and I moved one of the spare shepherds over and said, you know what to do, don't you? Yes, 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 it's all right, Mr Knight. Don't worry, I can do it. I, I, I'll, I won't let you down, you know. So anyway, we, we came to the bit, you know, the shepherds had all come in and given their given the baby their lamb and everything, you know. The first man, wise man comes in and says, I've brought the baby gold and put it down. You know. The second wise man comes in and says, I've brought the baby myrrh, you know, for sweet smelling and everything. And the third wise man came in and said, at the top of her voice, and you know how it carries in church, said, I've brought the baby some fucking sense. And at that point, the whole church was in absolute silent hysterics. <laughs> and and the priest, Father Martin, and the other oh. priests, they, they went, they looked at each other. And we just went on with it. You know, we got Mary said, Thank you very much. 
and we went into the very three kings of Orient. Oh, you know, and, and but it was like for years after when we were in that school, everybody said frankincense, frankincense. Okay. Merry Christmas, voices of Hastings. Thanks to all today's guests. Nice one, Pete. And to all my guests of 2021. And to you, my listeners. Thanks for putting up with uh, today's building noises, wind noises, and even my little dog. Now don't forget to share, subscribe, follow, and I'll see you all again in 2022. And So happy Christmas to everyone in Hastings. <laughs> These are the voices of Hastings. Thank <laughs> you.